Energy is neither created or destroyed, and through the esoteric, through spells or rituals or whatever you practice, you're able to work with the unseen to create change on the on the planes that we live in in the material world. Crowley would, um, as he came, he would visualize like a shower of gold coins around him to manifest some money. So you could try that if you want. But first, a word from our sponsors. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Audio Desires, an erotic audio platform dedicated to giving you the best oral sex you can have. With hundreds of sexy stories in three different languages and a sleek, user-friendly design, Audio Desires is the right fit to get you in the mood. Enjoy 50% off an annual membership or 20% off a monthly membership when you use promo code MANHOR at audiodesires.com. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Manhor Podcast. Welcome, welcome to all the witchy bitches and wizarding wankers listening in. Hey, if pussy is magical, why couldn't y'all prevent the pandemic with a big circle jerk, huh? This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Couldn't y'all have just, like, cast a spell with your cunts to make people believe in science? No? Anyways, this week's guest uh, is sex witch and author Gabriella Herstick. I'm looking forward to sharing my conversation with her, with y'all, in a little bit. Uh, again, this Saturday, I am I am driving up to a VFW in way upstate New York, right up on that Canadian border with, with friend of the pod, Andrea Allen. Um, just, we're going to go up there and scream about come to veterans. Wish us, please, all the luck in the world. <laughs> but yeah, getting back in the stand-up again, it's pretty wild. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm coming out of a comedy coma. It's been two years and I'm just like, oh, where'd the creek and the cave go? Austin? They picked up the entire taco shop and moved it to Austin? Okay. Well, what's the comedy shop? Oh, it's, it's important. Oh, I guess I got to learn whoever runs that. You know, I'm trying to like learn. I got to like meet the new people who moved here during everything. I got to find out who moved to LA, who quit, who died. And that's not even getting into like the actual comedy part of it. Like I'm trying to remember how my bits go. I'm listening to old recordings and watching old video sets just to like be like, oh yeah, there's that grandpa joke I did. I forgot about that. Yeah, he did hate he did hate Obama. R.I.P. Grandpa Joe. And I'm sure that's something a lot of us can relate to. You know, we were working on something, we were doing something, and then we stopped for two years. I imagine there are a lot of couples that were like new to polyamory. They've been do they started on March 1st, 2020, and like 12 days later, that shit got put on ice. They were negotiating a threesome with some woman named Cheryl from Field, and um now Cheryl's got three kids. Don't tell me how that's mathematically possible. So, like, I don't know if you're if you're uh st- still feeling any hesitancy or anxiety about like being social again or or getting back into that thing. Maybe there was a an independent business you were just starting up that you're you're opening the folders on that again. Hey, it is weird for all of us. It's a little scary for a lot of us. It's, you know, so just know that you're not alone and feeling that way. Because like I know I'm getting on a stage and I know I'm not nervous, but I'm like. I'm like, do I, am I still good at this? I haven't done it in a while. It's a lot like fingering, you know, you don't, you don't really forget how to do it, but you forget that you're good at it until you're doing it again. And then you hear a bunch of people laugh or clench their vaginal walls around your fingers, or in my situation, sometimes both simultaneously. And then you're just like, yeah, no, I got this. I got this. So, Hey, you got this. You got this. All right. Before I get to this week's guest, Gabby Herstick, I got a couple uh, emails to read, y'all. Got a couple uh, listener emails in. Uh, First one, y'all remember from episode 423 with Lisa Ann. I had a woman write in about uh, an affair she's having with her possibly narcissistic boss. Had on my buddy, uh, Dr. David Lay, and we, we had a little chit-chat about that. If you want to go get caught up, go listen to the, mo- the, the intro of Ep 423. Allie wrote back in with some updates. Fun. We love an update. There are, uh, she, first she addressed the NDAs. She was like, hey, so there are two NDAs because of my day job, and I help them on the side with 
Uh, they're both business NDAs. I don't think they cover personal stuff. He's a fair person. He's not a good person. He's definitely not a good husband, but he's not cruel to me or anything like that. Which, like, great. I, I, I figured as much. I figured they were probably standard NDAs, but hey, it's always good to know. Um, always good to have that info. So she continues. One thing that's interesting, though, is that he never finishes. I'm thinking that maybe he, he thinks if he doesn't come, it doesn't count. Uh, or maybe he's really into edging. Uh, like, like he's just sticking it in for a minute or two. These aren't hot hotel afternoon sessions, and they're always fully clothed as well. I don't know if it's to avoid perfume smells or if it's a body insecurity, but he's always wanting to work around the clothing. On a personal front, I'm trying to not be a terrible person and focus more on my home front. I think it's starting to fizzle, at least on my end. I think for me, it was a completely selfish, cross-it-off-the-bucket-list kind of thing. You know, you bring up the clothes sex, and, you know, there are a lot of ways you can interpret that, sure. Could be bodily insecurities, could be to avoid bringing some kind of a scent home with them. But I gotta say, fucking someone with clothes on at work in the heat of the moment is hot. I'd put my money on that. He thinks it's just really hot to, like, hike your skirt up and bend you over the desk and fuck you hard. Uh, then again, I also bought GameStop last year. So, hey, where I put my money doesn't really mean much. Look, it's transgressive. It's wrong. Having work clothes on might just enhance the fantasy. I don't know. As for the not finishing, there is, and I, I italicize the word is, for those of y'all who followed that case closely enough, there is the Bill Clinton philosophy of, well, if I don't come, then it's not sexually gratifying, and so it doesn't count. Okay. And yes, he could also be into edging. I love edging. He could just have trouble coming from penetration. I know some dudes who say they never come from blowjobs. Um, I've, I've met dudes and heard of dudes who can't come from vaginal penetration, and they do need to ultimately get like the blowjob at the end. Or, or some dudes who can't come from another person doing anything. They, they need to take it into their own hands when they're finally ready to like have the release. Some guys have a hard time climaxing with a condom on, which is not an excuse to let a dude raw dog you, by the way. Hey, if he can't come with a condom on, he can retrain his dick to come in a condom. And some dudes have a hard time just orgasming through partnered sex for all sorts of reasons. And I'm not going to get into them because I think Dan Savage has covered them all. Anyways, I'm glad to hear it's fizzling out all the same. It's probably for the best. I hear there's a very loving boyfriend at home who I... Hope fucks you just as well as the narcissistic boss in the office who won't jizz in you or let you get naked. And, uh, you know, how dare he not let you flaunt that body all over his corner office? How dare he? But uh, thanks, Allie, for writing in. Uh, this one's a brief response to episode 424 in my monologue. I was talking about uh, sexual friendships. Shannon writes in, hey, Billy, your banter was just what I needed to melt away the stressful work day. I agree with your post about fucking your friends. These words of yours really resonated with me when you said, sex isn't what makes a relationship special. That's just something fun I do with pretty people. Devotion is when the word love does not fully encapsulate what she means to you. For me, devotion is the key. Love is this overused word in our culture. So thanks for sharing your thoughts and life with all of us in the, in the fan whore nation. Take care and keep doing all the things. Just some morning thoughts from the snowy north, Shannon. Uh, thank you, Shannon, for writing in. Thank you, Allie, for the update. And you too can share your comments and questions directly with me at manhorpod at gmail.com. You just may hear your words on the show. And, of course, if you want to respond to a specific episode, I highly encourage you to, uh, to drop a comment in the episode discussion channel in our Discord server. Uh, Discord server, The Champagne Room, is a super free, super sex positive space where you can connect with your like-minded listeners, with the other members of Fan Whore Nation. You can introduce yourself today and share your comments and more at manwhorepod.com slash discord.
couple people in that Discord server are also members of Fan Whore Nation on Patreon, so I'm going to do a quick Fan Whore Appreciation moment. Yeah! These are the people who are helping keep the lights and condoms on by supporting this slutty podcaster right here with their doll hairs. I want to give a shout out and a big thank you to David in Brooklyn. Say hi sometime, David. We'll both shit on Queens together. It'll be fun. And I also want to give a big thank you to Rocky Ruiz. Hey, you've been such a fun, enthusiastic member of the Champagne Room. Uh, Love that you've joined the community and thank you for sharing all that you share. And you too can become a member, get a shout out yourself, and receive a slew of great rewards. Support the Man Whore Podcast today at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. Every dollar counts over here. Uh, this week's guest is sex witch Gabriella Herstick. I wouldn't call myself a very spiritual person, but I'm starting to open myself up to this uh, this idea of energy. So I'm definitely I'm I'm looking at the sex magic stuff from a little less of a um, as, of a mocking point of view. I'll say that I'm a little more open minded about it now, as opposed to uh, when I when I interviewed Sophie St. Thomas about a year ago. Also, you know, I was editing this episode. Why have none of you complained about my disjointed interview style? Holy shit. I, I shared something on in my Instagram story earlier this week. I start asking a question. I interrupt myself with how I relate to the question. And then I end up on a tangent about another topic. And then I bring it back to ask the question where I put the answer in the question. And I don't know if I ever actually put a question mark at the end of the thing. And then I just look at the guest like, you figure out how to respond to whatever the fuck that was. How have, how have all, this is, this is as if you have all been letting me talk with spinach in my teeth and none of you have said anything. How dare you? But I love y'all all all the same. Hey, uh, Gabriella Herstick, no ad today. Let's just get to the show. So I just turned 28 like two weeks ago and I feel like now my like, I, I've always looked really young. I've always looked like a baby and now it's like kind of like nice, you know, like before I feel like. I I kind of had a complex about like people not like really taking me seriously when because I was like you know started writing books when I was really young and now I feel I'm like okay I look young but I'm like older so it feels kind of good but mm. um this youthful glow um the blood of many virgins and exes <laughs> past just kidding <laughs> daily meditation and water and good genes and but but also some of the virgin blood it doesn't yeah, doesn't hurt doesn't hurt some of it <laughs> that's what, uh so so how wh- how long have you been a sex witch and also what the fuck is a sex witch okay so i'm going to define what i how i define a witch and then that will lead into how i see sexual witchcraft erotic witchcraft and what it means to be a sex witch i define a witch as someone who lives in tune with the cycles of the earth the cycles of the cosmos and the cycles of themselves so that means working with the cycles of the seasons working with the sun and moon working with the energy that's available to us in the universe and someone who works with magic to create change on the physical plane so also have to define magic, which to me is an ener- energy paired with action and intention to create change. You'll see magic spelled a couple of ways. Occultists tend to spell it with a K. So M-A-G-I-C-K, which was the K was added by Aleister Crowley, partially to distinguish sleight of hand magic from like stage magicians versus occultists. Um, so it's different, though. There's definitely like a crossover, especially in LA with like the magic castle. I feel like some witches and freaks go there um so magic as i mentioned i i define it as energy action and intention you Mm. can think of singing somebody happy birthday you're holding the intention of wishing them a happy birthday you're doing the action of singing to them and then you're sending them this like energy through the vibrations of your voice as you sing to them and then they like blow out the candle right that's a really really simple kind of definition of a spell. And obviously it can get more complicated from there. So a witch works with cycles or they work with cycles, they work with energy and they work with magic to create change. 
a sex wix, a sex witch, excuse me. A sex witch, delicious. A sex witch. Um, yeah, I, I, I have I a memory summer at the pool. <laughs> a sex witch works with sexual energy, action, and intention to create change on this plane. A sex witch uses erotic energy and the current of sexual energy, which is creative life force energy available to all of us to infuse her magic, to connect with herself and to connect with the cycles of the earth and the moon and the sun and whatever else is in her in their practice. Witchcraft is not technically a religion. You can be atheist, you can be Christian, you can be um, Buddhist, you can be Jewish, you can be agnostic. Um, it's really a spiritual path and practice that centers nature, centers energy, centers magic. Again, with sexual witchcraft or erotic witchcraft, it works primarily with sex, um, with orgasms, with sexual energy um, as, a, as a form of connection. And um, yeah, so for me, like, yeah, that's I'll start there. That's that's my de- definition of a sex witch. Do the chakras play any role in all this? Is that part of uh, your practice? Yeah. So chakras are the energy centers that live along the spine. Um, chakra is the name for them in, um, Hindu ta- in Hinduism. Chakra means wheel. There's different energy centers according to like different traditions. Um, in like the Western mystery tradition, you'll see five energy centers that run along the spine. Um, in like Chinese medicine, and Taoist teachings, like you'll read about like the central channel, which is the spine, um, working with energy and circulating it through the body is a really big part of sexual witchcraft. Because mm. when you're doing a spell or ritual, you are using sexual energy, orgasm, as close as you can get to orgasm to charge the the working, to charge the spell. And then you're raising it and like sending it out the crown of your head. So um, it does play a big part in in witchcraft. Yeah. In this okay. kind of witchcraft. Yeah. Uh, so, so like, what, what does it mean to you? Like, is it, it does it fill in a religious gap? So, like I mentioned, like, techn- like witchcraft itself is not, you can not really a religion, have, but just yeah. the idea of the spirit. Does it fill in? Is it, does it sit in a place where for some people, the God and Jesus? Oh, absolutely. Witchcraft okay. is a way to connect with something larger than yourself. So, it's the word, like, so maybe I'm being part. thrown off by the word magic. Uh, and, uh, and the idea of like separating it with a C with the CK is like that helpful designator. So you're not, you're not trying to like necessarily like make something rise out of the ground. No. So like when I talk about magic, I'm, I'm talking about transformation. I'm, t- I'm talking okay. about the fact that energy is neither created or destroyed. And through the esoteric, through spells or rituals or whatever you practice, you're able to work with the unseen to create change on the, on the planes that we live in, in the material world. So, and not, you know, it's going to look different to everybody, but like with sex magic, a big part of that is using orgasms to fuel these spells or rituals. So like you Mm -hmm. can use, um, I mean, think about, think about sex. It literally creates life. Right. So, and I'm sure that as somebody who's creative, like you felt like you know, I, I know for myself when there's times when I'm like really like horny or sexually frustrated or really just like feeling it and I can take that energy and like channel it into a creative project or channel it Absolutely. into something I'm passionate about. That's kind of the same thing. You're using sexual energy to create something different, which is like kind of what sexual energy does anyway, right? It creates right. life or whatever. Um, so for me, my practice with witchcraft is really, really intimately tied with my devotion to the divine feminine or to the goddess, which to me is like this kind of erotic, alive energy um, being who I feel is just like pure love, um, creative and expansive. So like I worship goddesses like Venus, who's a Roman goddess of love and sex, and Isis, who's an Egyptian goddess of love and sex. Um, And it's all like, my personal you leave practice. an aphrodite out you, you don't like the aphrodite, well so i i work with <laughs> venus roman she's she's the i work with the whole current of goddesses of love sure. so um but aphrodite venus is she's very special to me um so for me it's really really connected like my devotion to the goddess of lust the goddess of love is like the driving factor in all my work and what i do and how i talk about sex magic um which is like not necessarily what like a lot of people probably like a lot of people probably don't have that same connection, but for me, it definitely um, 
fills that kind of like void that you're talking about. It gives me something to believe in. I grew up Jewish. Um, mm-hmm. There is a feminine face of the divine in Judaism, but I was not aware of it until like a few years ago. And I grew up with a, a father who's a rabbi. Like I just mm-hmm. didn't even know that there was a goddess. So for me, it's like, that's a, do you know what the name is? So there's a couple different ones, like the feminine actual face of a goddess named Shekinah, which means the indwelling. Um, and it was, it's like you see it some in like the Talmud and the the Torah or the Bible. Um, and then also like Lilith was mentioned in the Talmud and like back before Judaism was a monotheistic religion, it was a pagan religion where they believed in goddesses like Asherah. It um, was. Yeah. So, I had no idea. Is that like yeah. pre, pre-Torah? Um, yeah, it's like before the before the um, before like the Bible and the Torah was written. Um, Raphael Patai wrote a really incredible book called um, Jewish Goddess, and it goes mm-hmm. into a lot of details about like the transformation of the feminine and Judaism. I feel I definitely feel like because I, I grew up in the Deep South, so like I wasn't I was your dad was a rabbi in the Deep South. Yeah, my dad was a reform rabbi in the suburbs of Atlanta, like 45 minutes north of Georgia, 45 minutes north of Atlanta in Johns Creek, Georgia. Um, And then my mom is from the Jewish community in Mexico City. So it was like, it was just a lot of weird. And I'm like, I was born in Southern California and a lot of, yeah, a lot of weird crossovers. Um, So like, even though I wasn't, you know, raised going to church, like I definitely was surrounded by like Bible belt culture. Mm. Um, and as I've gotten older, I feel very thankful to be, a, to have been raised Jewish. Cause it's, yeah, like the whole thing is that you just, you're a good person for the sake of it. We time everything by the full moon. We have a whole holiday celebration. That's like the birthday of all the trees and sex is a mitzvah. It's very mm-hmm. witchy. So sex I feel, is a I, yeah, I feel thankful for that, but yeah. Um, patriarchal monotheistic religion. And I, not Don't so much in a in a committed relationship anymore. So <laughs> for sure. Well, what was it like? What was like? What were you raised with around sexuality? It sounds like you had um, what you were surrounded by might have been different than what you were raised with at home. Yeah. So I grew up like I did not ascribe to like purity culture, but I had a lot of people in my school who like had purity rings, which I don't know if that's like a thing that people know about. It's literally like, you want to tell people? Yeah. It's some people got it from like their dads and this like weird ceremony where like your dad gives you this purity ring where it's like a promise to not have sex until you get married. You don't um, fuck was, anyone except me until you're married. That's so the- <laughs> creepy. It is so fucking creepy. Purity culture is literally so terrifying. And it was like a cool thing to do. It was like a cool thing to have a purity ring. Um, it was weird. My parents were definitely like open about sex. They're like, you should absolutely have sex with the person that you're going to marry before you marry them. But like also we're like, which like I kind of get now, they were like, you should wait until you're in love and in a relationship to have sex. And uh, unfortunately for my parents, I have had a lot of sex and have never been in love or in a relationship. So, you know, that like worked out how it worked out. Um, but there was definitely like, I I hit puberty really late. So I just kind of was like, not ready for a lot of stuff. I feel like when like people like kids my age were, cause I just was like virginal. Um, That's so really I, late for, like for I was like 15 when I got my period. Oh, so wow. I was the last day of freshman year of high school. So like, I didn't really like start exploring anything until it was like, like I had like my first, what I call like sexual awakening when I was like 16. Cause I was like a low key, like band slut and like the warp tour scene like my friend and i would like fuck with all the dudes and like it was pretty gross thinking about it now i'm like why were you sexting a 16 year old that's gross well like what were you texting the roadies like the guys in the bands we would like oh my god like what like in the real band oh okay yeah like so that was like a really interesting time anyone i would have heard of um it was like a lot of metalcore bands okay I uh, like, I don't want to say it on here, but, um, uh, you know, I have like, to try, you know, um, I, have to, I have to make the attempt. Well, like the one that like really was like this epicenter of like where I lived in Georgia was this band called what was me, which was like this like metalcore rise records band. And like, it was, it was a whole thing, but like that, I still hadn't done anything. And then like when I was 18, like I like my first kiss with this, like after this concert with like the band, it was I, like, didn't do anything for a long time. And then, like, my first kiss was, like, I was, like, drunk for the first time and in a hot tub and, like, made out with, like, three different people. And, like, I just, like, went balls to the wall. Um, But I didn't, like, have, like, quote, unquote, like, 
didn't lose my virginity until I was like 21. Um, and you, you're surrounded by, and like the people you're interacting with, no one's trying to take it easy on you because they're like, oh, she's eight, she's an 18 year old. Like, of course, she's probably made out with a slew of people. And like, maybe, I don't know if they knew or not, but it's like, you're like, oh, these are my first kisses tonight. I mean, I definitely, by then, I'd been like sexting a lot. I had my nipple pierced. I was like, definitely like into it. But I also like, ne- like, I, when I was in the South, like when I was both in like high school and stuff, like I'm going to college in South Carolina, like I always like looked for dudes that like weren't like at my school because my high school didn't really have anybody that I was like attracted to anyway. And I liked older guys, but yeah, I'm like, I'm like, why am I like freshly 18, like sucking the dick of like a 25 year old? That's not, that's not cool on his end. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the whole like music scene back then, like I look back on it as like a actual slut. Now I'm like, you guys are all so creepy, especially because when I was 18, I did not look 18. I looked really young. Yeah. So anyway, that's my tea. I don't think I've ever like talked about that shit on a podcast, but now's well, the time. It, now's the hour. I mean, it, I mean, it is the man whore podcast. Uh, exactly. You know, it, by the time you get the freshman year, you're surrounded by a typically a bunch of horny kids who have yeah. started puberty or have been in puberty. And yeah. so like, I guess two part would be a, like, were you, despite not having like started puberty yet, were, were you a horny 14 year old? And if not, like, what was it like to be surrounded by all these people? Like when you're 12, I get it. Right. Like yeah. some, there's some horny 12 year olds and some 12 year olds who still believe in cooties can coexist. But then when you're in <laughs> high school to not be one of the horny folk, was that difficult? Um, that's a really good question. Honestly, no, because I was like with like my friends were all like on my kind of same like level. Okay. Um, and honestly, like, I discovered witchcraft when I was like eleven ish. Um, and like I like decided I wanted to be a fashion writer a few years, a couple years later, which is like what I went to college for and like what I moved to LA to do. And then like I found my way to like I ended up being yeah like a sex witch publicly which was like not necessarily the plan but i'm very thankful for um so i think having like both like like something like i've always been really spiritual and having that and then also like i had a fashion blog and i was like super like into like doing that like i had other things that i was like channeling my energy into um and like i still had crushes and stuff like i still like really like liked boys but i just like i was like I remember being like scared of anything when I was like 14. So it really wasn't weird. Um, My school was pretty chill, like freshman year um, or after freshman year, like a bunch of like the cooler kids went to this other high school. And then it was just like a bunch of like nerds and really, really smart kids that stayed at my high school. Um, So it wasn't like euphoria. It was like that that existed. Like there was definitely like uh, there's a huge heroin problem in like where I grew up in Georgia because it's like very affluent. It's very Mm -hmm. strange. Um, But it I didn't feel like othered by my uh, virginity at that point. It kind of started when I was like a little bit like later in high school because it was like there's nobody here I want to make out with but I still want to make out. And then like when I started this like low-key band slut exploration like that kind of filled that hole my junior and senior year of high school for sure and what what made you start looking into sex magic in the first place and witchcraft so i had been a witch for a long time i literally was trying to think about the first time i did sex magic or when i discovered it well, um, did the all, witchcraft come before the sex magic? Yeah, yeah, so what yeah, how about yeah. tell us about you're eleven, yeah. you're raised Jewish, yeah. dad's a rabbi, yeah. you're in Atlanta or outside of Atlanta, and you find yourself in with witchcraft how? So I've always been very spiritual. I've always been drawn to all that, like the esoteric and the occult. Like I remember being like seven or eight and like really obsessed with the Salem witch trials, but I really found my way to witchcraft because I was given a deck of oracle cards, which are like cards used for divination and self-inquiry. That's different um, from tarot cards? Yeah. Tarot is like a set structure. So like tarot, there's, there's 78 cards. There's four parts of them or five parts. An oracle deck is really like up to the artist's interpretation. It's um, just a deck of cards that can be of anything. And the deck that I had was a fairy deck. And I became obsessed with them and just like really into it. And I found a book called A Witch's Guide to Fairy Folk um, that I still have like 15 years later. And it talks about witchcraft and Wicca, which is a neo-pagan 
religion that falls under the umbrella of witchcraft. So Wiccans are witches, but not all witches are Wiccans. Kind of confusing, but it's, yeah, it's like its own kind of thing within the witchcraft realm. Like all Joe Rogans are comedians, but not all comedians are Joe Rogans. I promise. Uh (laughs) Comedian, quote, quote, unquote. I got this book and I had actually gone to Salem, Massachusetts for Halloween a few years before when I was like nine for my aunt's birthday, which was on Halloween with my, um, I have a twin sister. So we went together and then I went with my grandma and my aunt. And like, I did not know it at the time, but Halloween is the witch's new year. It's a really important holiday. And like, I saw a ritual, like went to these stores and like ate pomegranate and I had a moment at the wax museum where I was like looking at these figures telling me about witchcraft. And when I read this book a few years later, which is guide to fairy folk, it was like, it was a full circle. And I kind of connected these dots and I just, you know, like as a 12 year old, like there is a lot I did not know. I, I feel like the only thing I was certain of at 12 was I was not certain of like anything. Um, Mm. but when I discovered witchcraft, like I knew that that was it. Like I felt, the only way I know how to describe it is that I felt part of myself coming home. Um, and I have not, I haven't felt like that about anything really else. Um, in that same way as I did then. So I like started reading about witchcraft. I like hung out at the occult section of borders and Barnes and Noble and like just really, employees really are just like, it. Oh, it's that witch girl again. I know. Right. So, like, we have the new thing. No, we don't. I still do that though. I still like, that's like, I still go to all the occult sections of my bookstores, but now how many times did you go asking for a witchcraft book? And they were like, I, I mean, we got Harry Potter. That's about, actually, I think that's you know a- what? The Barnes and Noble near my house in Atlanta had a, a pretty good section. And I just like go sit at, sit at it. Like I knew where it was. And like, I, I could like, I knew where all the, the witch books in my like local place in my local bookstores are. Um, they knew they knew you at that point. They're like, that, um, they know sure that's they Gabriella. Did. I have like I call my family a bookstore family. Like we love, we all just like love to read. So like it was like a thing that we would all go together. So like sure. they'd see us a lot. Um, and there's a really really great metaphysical bookstore in Atlanta called The Phoenix and the Dragon, which is still there in Sandy Springs. I can't recommend that place enough for anybody who's like interested in witchcraft or any kind of like spiritual practice. It's that, so that was a really, really, really great resource. That's a really good bookshop. So like I was really lucky to have those resources. Um, but like I knew then that I was a witch and I definitely like, you know, I definitely practice way, way, way more seriously now than I did then. But it's something that has been part of my life since I was like 12. Like mm-hmm. I went through um, my bat mitzvah ceremony, which is like a Jewish coming of age. You have to study for like nine months. You have to read from the Torah it was really difficult, uh, really hard. Um, it was a big I, party and a lot big of Big party. Gifts. The party is lit. The gifts are lit. But it's literally nine months of fucking studying what looks like a dead language. Like, Hebrew is a fucking weird language to look at. And my dad was, like, really hard on my sister and I. You'd think that he would be easier on us because he's a rabbi, but he was... He was more not he was a hard. chance. No, because yeah. if you it's don't do a great you. job, like he looks bad, like yeah. it looks even worse. They're yeah. like, oh, I, can he be our rabbi? He's a he can't even get his kids to get through that song, yeah. you know, like, oh, I'm spoiled though. My dad, I still like he's the most amazing rabbi I've ever witnessed. So I don't think I'll ever go to a temple and not compare them to my dad. Um, I don't really go to temple, so it's sure. fine. But um, I went through my bat mitzvah process, like knowing that I was a witch and knowing that I was pagan. Cause for mm-hmm. me, like when I found witchcraft, I also found the goddess. I found this face of the divine that was feminine and that like I saw myself in. Um, and when I started learning about like the different faces of like gods and goddesses, like I felt like I felt very connected to that. Um, so yeah, I went through my bat mitzvah knowing that I was a pagan witch. That hasn't changed. I'm still a pagan witch. Sure. For but, someone, yeah. pretend you're talking to someone who who isn't spiritual. Okay. When you say like I start to connect with the goddesses, like what does that mean for you? Like what like emotionally is that? It feels for me when I connect to like the divine feminine, it's a face of something bigger than myself that feels loving, that feels powerful, that feels nurturing, and that feels like accepting of all aspects of who I am, of all my dualities, of all like of everything that I have. And like I personally um when i say i'm pagan that means i believe in multiple deities multiple express multiple expressions of like the divine so different mm-hmm. gods and goddesses like i mentioned venus isis like pan is another god right like there's a there's so many different faces of like 
these archetypes, I guess you could call them. Um, for me, I believe that like the divine is mm, greater than anything I could conceptualize as a little human with a human brain. Um, so I have an easier time connecting to that energy through personifying it. Mm. So the goddesses are personifications of this divine that have their own specific qualities and expressions. Um, so for me, I am devoted to the goddesses that represent love, that represent sexuality, that represent like this erotic empowerment um, that represent a lot of the goddesses of love are also goddesses of war. So mm -hmm. there's this kind of like intensity to a lot of these deities. So when I say I'm connecting to the goddess, I mean, I am finding a sense of the divine within myself that has this kind of soft, unconditional, expansive, loving, and like erotic quality to it. Because for me, that's how I understand and conceptualize the goddess. It sounds like it helps you get through various moments or times or struggles to, yeah. to connect to that. Is yeah, there absolutely. a, is there, can you, t can you share a story of a, one of the earlier times you connected to Venus? Yeah, absolutely. And what that so, meant for you. This is perfect because you asked me how I pra started practicing sex magic. And what I was getting at was that like I couldn't tell you um, how I really found out about sex magic or the first time that I practiced it. But I do know that it happened after I started – like after I began a devotional connection or like started worshiping, working with, committing to Venus as a goddess in my life. Um, when I started connecting with her, um, I realized that I could use like masturbation and my own sexual exploration within myself, with both with myself and partners, mostly myself at that time, um, as both an offering and as a way to fuel my magic. Mm. So for me, like my story with witchcraft and my practice with sex magic and sex witchcraft or erotic witchcraft is very intimately tied to Venus and tied to like the goddesses of love and lust still to this day, which again is like not, you know, a lot of people just work with sexual energy as energy without any kind of like devotional practice. Yeah. Um, but when I first moved, so I started working with her like five years ago, five and a half years ago now when I first moved to LA. And that's really when I started working with sex magic. And at that time, like I was about like four and a half years ago, I had just kind of started my journey with kink. And nice. I had had a partner who I was exploring with. And then we stopped seeing each other. And I like felt like I had discovered something and like, opened the door and then had it slammed shut. Um, and I felt really isolated. I felt like her and I felt like I was like, there's this thing that I want to do, but I can't do it by myself. Um, and one of the things that I like, one of the realizations I had was that like, there were all these experiences I wanted to have with other people, but to have them, like I needed to learn how to give them to myself. And like, mm -hmm. I had this very intentional kind of deep year of like becoming my own lover. And like a lot of that work was, facilitated and navigated through a relationship with Venus who I felt was like, she's, she at the time was my only, like the only goddess I was really pledged to. And she kind of acted as like a guardian, guardian angel uh, energy that I would connect to and like kind of guided me through this journey of like giving myself what I wanted as a way to like magnetize myself to receive more of those experiences. Um, and it was really powerful. Like I've obviously done like a lot of very specific, like specific like rituals and spell work or like specific acts for her. But, um, that kind of bigger picture, like year long search guided by her was like super, super informative and powerful and transformative for me. You know, like a lot of the time, like most exploration of kink is like in some kind of power dynamic or there's, you know, a top and a bottom, um, but like you can self tie, you can spank yourself, even if it's mm. not as fun, you can use wax candles on yourself. You can do different kinds of sensations and like, but why was it, why was it so important for you to be your oh, in kink specifically? Why was mm -hmm. it so important to become your, your own kink lover instead of finding someone to connect with who can also help with the kink exploration? I think again? that so 
Was that breakup tough? Um, it so it wasn't really, really a breakup. We okay. like hooked up a few times, and then we ended up hooking up again. But it was tough because like I was so new to the kink world. Like I did not like I. He was the first person I really ever like seriously explored anything with. Um, and the kink world's really big, but like especially moving from Georgia, like I didn't even I didn't know about it at all um mm. so it it wasn't that i wasn't also doing that kind of outward exploration like that's the time that i started like reading about kink and like going to classes and like meeting a community but i knew that if i wanted someone to connect with me through that then like i had to have that own connection to myself mm. um you know it's like this idea that you like you have to give yourself what you want and then you'll get more of it like it's you know like the law of attraction like it gets thrown around a lot but it's does have merit right like thoughts become things and our um the way that we relate to ourselves reflects how we let others relate to us so there was a lot of still like exploration but at that like going on with other partners but like i didn't even really know what i liked you know mm-hmm. like i was still figuring that out like i don't even think at that point like I knew what the difference between like a submissive and a bottom was like, I didn't really know what a scene was like. I just wasn't like, I was so new. Um, And beyond that, it was like, I didn't want to have to rely on anybody else to explore the things I wanted to explore. Cause that felt Mm -hmm. very disempowering to me. And like, did someone let you down before with that? Or I don't know. Like when you were younger than when all that was going down. I mean, I feel like I definitely got my heart hurt, but it wasn't like, it was more so just, I don't know. It was just kind of like a, I, I knew that was just like something I had to do. I, I couldn't tell you if it was like a specific person. There's definitely been like a few people who have been like, you know, hurt me worse than others. But mm-hmm. um, I think for that, it was like, I, I knew that I needed to like find my own way into like the kink world. But to do that, I also had to figure out like what I liked personally and not just what a partner wanted me to do or not what like a partner liked. Mm -hmm. And I'm also really like, I don't really, especially at that time I wasn't like really casually dating and I wasn't really like seeing a lot of people. Like I'm just like kind of very picky as an Aquarius in general. Like you have to interest me and like, it was like a very foundational part of like my journey. And I definitely feel like it's helped me get to a place now where it's like, I, you know, I'm like having kinky sex, but I also have this like whole community around me where like my exploration of like kink isn't tied to the people I'm fucking or not fucking. Like Mm -hmm. it's always there. So when you were exploring the kink solo, because a lot of people who want to go explore kink, they find people to explore it through. So when you were figuring out things you can do physically by yourself, what are some of those things? I think you mentioned self-tying and spanking oneself. Like, So what are some of the things that if somebody wants to explore kink and maybe they're not ready to or or don't feel comfortable or safe exploring it with a stranger or someone new or or they just don't want to fucking wait to, to find that click? What are some things someone can do by themselves to explore kink? Yeah. Well, first off, I always say like, especially with kink where it's literally like, I mean, a lot of it is about power and pain can be involved. Um, Mm -hmm. Learning, like reading books and stuff is really helpful. There's a bunch out there um, because also that'll like you can figure out what like what gives you a reaction, right? Like sometimes it's going to be a really good reaction. Sometimes you're going to be really turned off by something. But I always say, especially with like kink stuff to examine intense reactions of any kind. Like Mm -hmm. if you're really averse to something, like take note because a lot of the times that can like be something that you're really turned on by later. Um, I would suggest, yeah, like going to like your local sex toy store, seeing if they have classes, like educating yourself like that. So you can kind of see like what, what's available. Um, and it's just like fun. Like, you know, you can watch porn and read erotica and stuff, but rope is definitely a really good one to explore solo. Um, you can do different kinds of like sensations. So you can use a ball gag by yourself. You can use nipple clamps by yourself. You can mm-hmm. like, um, like looking at my wall to see what's there. Um, you can the paddles use, like, probably paddles reach okay. Are fun. Like you can do different kinds of impact on yourself. Mm-hmm. Obviously it's going to feel different, but it's also like, Part of the thing with for me with kink is that it's connected to my sex magic practice. It mm-hmm. is a really powerful way to raise energy. It's a really powerful way to reach altered states of consciousness. 
Um, so even though using these things on yourself might not necessarily be as potent, like for me, because my sex magic practice is mostly solo, um, it felt important to figure out the kind of kinky shit I could use in ritual that still kind of had like a good payoff. So yes, different kinds of like using a crop or a, you can't really use a flogger on yourself unless you're like doing it like, um, what's it yeah. called? Like self-flagellation, which is also fun. Um, <laughs> but you can use ball gags and like blindfolds and stuff. I love clothespins. Um, mm -hmm. like putting clothespins all over your body. Will do you do the you rope where like you rip it all like the rip? The zipper. I have it, but I really it want to, I feel like it'd be really fun. Um, was it fun trying to like figure out which things, uh, like was it fun figuring out and trying all those things solo and like yeah. sometimes maybe you have something totally not work rope definitely like took me a while because i really like, that was like one of the first things that i did with kink and i really really liked it and like i got suspended but like that is so like it takes i, d I could not do self-suspension today still like i can do wait self-suspension you can suspend yourself no rope. yeah it's no. fucking cool it's that cool. can't be safe um, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's like anything you have to, you know, I practice rack, which is risk aware, consensual kink. Like you have to know that you might fuck yourself up, but with, that's why I don't do self suspension. Cause I don't have enough understanding of like how to do it safely, but there are rope artists who do it. And like, I mean, there's always going to be risk involved, but it's like, it's, it's really cool. It's like, I really like, I, um, was suspended over summer by this amazing, um, like rope artist and just artist named kiss me deadly doll. Um, she's really, really cool. And her rope work is just to die for. Um, mm. but yeah, I feel like that's the thing for me. It was like, it was all an exploration and it was all an adventure and it wasn't like, I didn't want to wait around to potentially find a partner. I was like, I'm already not really finding any partners I vibe with. Like, and especially with kink, like I just wasn't going to rush into something just to have it. So it felt really important for me to like, figure out how I could supplement like that time spent trying to find a, a partner with like things that made me feel good and made me feel empowered. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, definitely like, I, I feel very thankful to like be where I am like five years later. Cause it like mm -hmm. definitely, um, paid off. And now I could tell you what I like and what I don't like. And I have people I can explore with that. I both fuck and don't fuck. And it's mm -hmm. great. And you, you know, you, you've, uh, referenced a few times that like you haven't been in love, fallen in love. Do, do you consider yourself a romantic? No, I'm just like, I just, I'm definitely a romantic person. I'm such a fucking romantic. Like I am obsessed with love, but it's just like not, I've like dated people and like wanted to be in a relationship with them and it just like hasn't worked. Um, but I don't know. I just like, hasn't been yet. I also like, am really good at commitment. Like I'm very good at committing to shit and have always kind of felt that like whatever like long-term relationship I'm going to be in is going to be in like when I'm in my thirties. Like mm -hmm. I just like, am really enjoying being a sex, witch, free spirit, slut right now like that's just like what's felt right the past few years um and yeah i know that'll change like i definitely will fall in love i'm definitely not aromantic i'm just like um i also like don't it's always been really important for me to do things my own way um and anything that i feel is like prescribed to me by society i don't want to do so like i'm like i don't want to work a nine to five i don't want to get married i don't want to have like i want to get married eventually but i'm like i don't want to do like what's expected of me. Um, it's really important for me to follow like my own path. And like at this point of my life and my career, especially I'm like, I literally write about like sex magic and witchcraft and like do a bunch of weird shit. Like it's going to take a, and like I'm successful. Like it's going to take a big person to be able to handle that. And I'm like, not going to settle for somebody who's going to make yeah. me feel insecure. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So now how can people use and how have you used, uh, if you want to share stories, how does one use sex magic in partnered sex to enhance the experience? Yeah. So you don't have to make like, here's the thing with magic. It can meet you where you are. Like you, your own relationship to spirituality and like whatever you believe in is going to be what is guiding you. So like I come at things from like a very like witchcraft perspective, which means like a ritual has like the beginning where you're grounding and then you raise the energy and then you close it and you work with different like energies or, you know, like plant spirits or spirits. 
that's like my perspective. But really like sex magic is it can be like as simple as setting an intention for like before you fuck, which could what be does that like, look like to like just like to take a second and like be like, OK, like like you could do it for something like it could be like, OK, like as we fuck, like when we come, we're going to send this energy to the intention of finding an apartment together. Right. It could be very like mundane, very normal, or it could be like just as a way to like get closer. You know, you could be like, OK, like when we have sex, we're like, let's just do this as a way to be like really intimate and as we orgasm like we'll send our energy like into one another mm-hmm. it sounds kind of like esoteric it doesn't really have to be like that complicated like i've done it where i've just like pulled a tarot card with like the person i'm having sex with and like when we're like coming we like think about that energy and embody that energy just to like more fully activate like that kind of archetype within us um but you could also do something simple like if you want it to be more romantic or more loving, like work with what are called correspondences, which are pretty much just like magically, like, like things that have exactly what it sounds like correspondences. So like roses, roses are a great example. I'm obsessed with roses. Roses are connected to Venus. They're connected to Isis. They're connected to love. Like when you, you know, like when you were, if you're going to go buy somebody Valentine's day flowers, you're probably going to buy them a rose. Like it is an association that we have. Um, and there's a ton of these different associations in witchcraft. Like uh, a lot of herbs are ruled by different planets and colors have different associations. So like if you wanted to do some like really simple sex magic and really amp up the vibe of like the goddess of love, Venus, you could do, you could have sex on her day, which is Friday. You could burn rose incense and you could make the lighting of your room green, which is her color or red and pink. Like, you can use like senses are a really, really big part of sex, obviously. And they're also a, a big part of magic um, because you want to reach this kind of altered state. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, set up the space in a different way. Um, and then you can, yeah, like have an intention. But really what what the big difference would be between just like having sex and practicing sex magic is like we talked about before, like taking the energy that you're raising so like taking like at the moment of climax you're focusing on something Mm. you're sending the energy up your body or like up your partner and you're in your partner's body like spiraling up through the crown of your heads to an intention um so you can add a bunch of different things to make that more potent you could burn a candle that you have like put the intention into you could make a symbol to represent your intention called a sigil and like have that under your pillow or your mattress or you could just like take you know like as if people don't come together like each person just focuses on the intention as they climax but i think any kind of sex where there's an intention an intention in general like an intention of closeness it's like it can make it sacred really like the way that i describe like sacred sex is like sexuality with intention it's it's anything that you deem that matters to you so it it doesn't have to be a whole thing but it can get as complicated as you want like you can do whole rituals before you can do rituals after you can invite the deities into your body and fuck like your you know venus and mars like it's a whole it's a whole wide world what do you like to do so most of my practice with sex magic is solo um Mm. most of my practice is really part of like a devotional practice to the to the goddess of So you don't like have a quick jerk. Like if you're going to jerk off, you're going to like set up a room. You're putting some candles. You got the right, like you really, I'm, I'm just having, I'm guessing that you will take care of yourself uh, when you're going to like have a masturbation session. Um. Okay. So yes and no. First, like I always have my, like I have a permanent altar in my room at all times okay. that I tend to every single day. Um, and like, I'm just a very horny person with a high sex drive. So like a lot of the time when I'm like masturbating, I'm just masturbating. Um, and like tonight is the full moon in Leo. I'm leading a kinky ritual called kink coven that I do every month. And then like, I'll probably do some like solo sex magic after. And yeah, I'm like, I'm going to state my intention. I'm going to like light my devotional candles. I'm going to put the light in my room. I'm going to burn incense. I'm going to, you know, like. Because that feels kink- like a more powerful come to you than when you just like have a run of the mill jerk. Um, yeah, because it's separate, right? Like a yeah. ritual separates the everyday from something special. So, mm-hmm. like when I'm doing these things, when I'm getting dressed up, like it, it's just different. Um, but a lot of the time, like I mean, 
it's not like I'll just like light my candles and I'll kind of like masturbate like normal. But then as I come, I have an intention in my mind or I'll send it to like as an offering or um, like one of the things with sex magic is a lot of people like associate it with like manifesting and like getting what you want, which is can be a part of it. But it's also just a way of sacralizing your own connection to your sexuality and of finding that devotion within yourself and of connecting to like your state of pleasure and your state of like ecstasy outside of like outside of like anybody else. I mean, obviously you can practice with a partner and stuff, but I also really always recommend like having your own sex magic practice before you um, have sex with a partner because you'll also understand the way energy flows through your body. You'll understand what brings you pleasure. You'll understand what feels good. Um, so yeah, like sometimes like I'll have like way more involved sex magic rituals where I'm like chanting or I'm like doing weird shit. Um, but sometimes it's just like weird shit, like just, yeah, like chanting using my rose quartz crystal dildo and praying to Babylon and piercing myself with like needles and you pierce yourself. Yeah, I do needle play. So like that's like a part of my practice. I'll I'll work a lot with kink as a way to supplement whatever like ritual I'm doing. So like I feel like there was like a there was like a couple there's like a year or two in New York City like at the play parties like everyone was doing medical play or everyone was doing needle so play. Funny. Like for like for like a few parties in a row just I'd show up and up oh, there's people with needles, people doing this. I was like, "Whoa, it's like it was like a fad." Yeah, it felt like so in the sex party scene. <laughs> I like my first play party ever was in New York when I was visiting like 3 years years ago and i remember oh, seeing a needle play scene i don't remember what it was called okay. i don't remember what it was called um and it was really cool but yeah so like i use both like i work with kink as a way to deepen my sex magic practice so, like i'll use and like i'll also like work with kink like in meditations that i'm not like masturbating but i'm still connecting with erotic energy because for me too it's like yeah like sex magic is actually the sex aspect, but it's also more than that. Like it's also the way that I connect to that energy outside of the context of fucking. Like it's a way for me to feel the erotic energy, like as I move through the world and as I'm like going on dates or like as I'm doing normal fucking things. Like it's it's really connected. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just like masturbate a lot, so it's like there's a lot <laughs> of different kinds of, of okay. happening there. The uh, kink coven, I, I want to, before we go, I want to ask you about. So these are, from your description, full moon ritual play parties. Uh, I guess we had a we had a play party on Saturday, but I guess that was the wrong night. Um, I mean, the full moon is was like this morning. There's never any wrong night. Yeah. I don't know there, when. There's like, never a wrong night for an orgy, Priscilla. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but for the full moon, um, it. The full moon, just the moon, which just went into Virgo today. So what's today? Tuesday. Yeah. So I mean, it was pretty close. I'm sure the the full moon was the moon was probably like in in Cancer or something. Um, but yeah. the full moon was this morning. So um, yeah, Kink Coven is fun. I host it every month, and it is a ritual where we use kink. We don't really do. It's on Zoom. There's no sex. People tend to cle- like just dress in lingerie, um, but we start with meditation and we use kink as a way to charge a spell um, or ritual of protection. Um, and we send it to sex workers around the world. It's mm. it's really just a way to like gather in community, have a virtual play party and then protect. Yeah. Our sex worker siblings around the world. Um, it's always donation based and the money is always donated to like different sex worker support organizations. Mm-hmm. So um, today it's going to pineapple support that gives, oh. that helps um, that gives free like mental health um, services to people in the adult industry. So. And uh, how long have you been doing King Coven? Has it always been on zoom? Will you yeah, one day it take it off zoom? Um, You know, we were thinking about it. I definitely, th- we were going to do it at the beginning of the year and then Omicron happened. Um, so I started kink coven like a year, like not like a year and a half ago at this point, but we've been meeting every full moon, um, and working with like a different goddess or tarot card since like January of 2021. Um, this is the first full, this is the first gathering this year. We skipped last month cause I had had COVID and was just like really burnt out. Um, 
But yeah, I one day want to do a hybrid event. I don't know if we'll ever go totally off Zoom because we have so many people from so many places meeting. Oh, amazing! Like Um, international. Yeah, I have had people like in different places. It's really, it's really, really special. It's really, really fun. We always start with some breath work and meditation. We cast our spell together, and then people just vibe like people will spank each other. People will tie themselves up. Like I've done off camera, like needle play stuff. People will smoke weed. People will just dance. Um, and like with everything I do, like I also lead, um, a sex magic discussion circle on zoom every month with like my Patreon. Um, and it's always like meet us where you're at. Like you never have to do anything you're uncomfortable with. You're always welcome to like log off or have your camera off. Like, Um, but it feels really good to like have that space and especially for like to be able to like raise both like money and also do ritual and magic to support sex workers. That's felt really, really special. Um, and it just like really fun. Like I did a lot of like leading like normal, like full moon rituals, new moon rituals. And like at this point in my witchcraft career, I'm like pretty much only interested in doing shit if it's like kinky or subversive or like weird. So it feels cool to be able oh, to like wait, have So you only want to do sex magic rituals that are weird. Yeah, pretty much. Or just right. rituals in general. Like just I don't remember really... like you're, you, you are talking to a lot. You're not talking to a, you're not on like a, um, like a, a witchcraft podcast. So there's a lot of people who are like, you had you had me weird at the ritual part, right? Yeah. They were like, uh, <laughs> well, most full moon rituals and new moon rituals have nothing to do with kink or sex, you know? Okay. It's oh, just, so by, by weird, you mean like sexual or kinky? Yeah, I just wanted okay. to be like, I just like at this point, I'm like, I don't want to just do like a full, like a new moon ritual for manifesting. I'm like, I want to do a kinky ritual for like the dark goddess that calls on like some weird thing and does i just yeah i'm people aren't coming you're not too interested it sounds like if it's not gonna freak out uh conservatives in the deep south i'm not interested your haircut already is gonna freak out conservatives in the deep south Um, i've had this for 11 years so i have freaked out many of uh many men in barber shops and in the in south carolina and georgia like I grew a fuck. I I feel very thankful that I grew up there because I have a thick skin, man. I do not give a mm-hmm. fuck what people think about how I look or how I dress, which is a gift in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, is there anything else you're you're gunning for, aiming for, anything you want to manifest, um, either sexually or romantically, in your near future? Ooh, what a good question. Um, just like more adventures, more kinky sex. I feel like I've just like always manifesting what I call sex magic daddy. And I'm not going to define that. You guys can figure out what I mean and come can create a it's sex magic daddy and energy you have or sex magic energy is sorry, is sex magic daddy, a, a person. Both. I okay, definitely, I feel like one of the tricks to manifest is to like, like I mentioned, like I was like really lacking divinely masculine energy at like this point last year. And I started very consciously connecting with like the daddy energy within myself as a way to attract Mm -hmm. that. And it worked. So, you know, like I am a sex magic daddy and I'm also looking for my sex magic daddies. Um, but I am, I wrote a book called sacred sex, the magic and path of the divine erotic, which will be out on July 12th. Um, and it talks, it's really about how to make, sexuality a part of your spiritual practice i talk about sex magic i talk about what i call the divine erotic which is like this kind of living current of sexual energy that infuses the whole universe um and it's i'm really proud of it and i really want it to do well so like i'm manifesting that being a bestseller so well i hope i hope that for you thank you i hope that manifests well gabrielle thank you for telling us some some more about sex magic (laughs) uh i'm still trying to figure it out but like i would just keep having you which is on until you just uh, gotta just gotta try it next time you bust a nut just think about something you want and hold it in your mind's eye and keep doing it start with something for that comedy central special Uh. yeah start with something small be like i want to find ten dollars or like i want to do this like small thing crowley would um as he came he would visualize like a shower of gold coins around him to manifest some money so you could try that if you want Okay, I'll, I will start with uh, I manifest a, a lot of downloads for this episode. How's that? Yeah, That's absolutely. Low, Fuck low yeah. level. <laughs> well, Gabrielle, where can people go to find you, find your work, get your things? Well, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Gabby Herstic, G A B Y 
H-E-R-S-T-I-K. And at GabriellaHerstick.com, which is Gabriella with one L, and then H-E-R-S-T-I-K.com. And all my books are um, at, you know, everywhere books are sold, your favorite bookstores, Barnes & Noble. Yeah, you have a lot library. of books. You, you... Yeah, I have three books out. I'll have this out in July, and there's more to come after that. So lots, lots of books. Fantastic. Well, thank you again for chatting with us. And why don't you go yeah. ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to me rant about weird shit. Are you convinced yet? Uh, do you believe in sex magic now? Magic with a K. I, magic with a C. Yeah, no, there's always an explanation. But hey, this whole energy, the spirituality stuff. I don't know. Do you click with this? Do you believe in this stuff? Is it all bupkis to you? Let us know what you think in the episode discussion channel in the champagne room. Yes, our wonderful community of like-minded listeners, of sex-positive weirdos. Come join Fanhorn Nation in the champagne room for free at manhorpod.com slash discord. Got a comment or question to share with me directly? Need some advice? Need some tips? Want to tell me off? You can shoot me an email anytime at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Just a friendly reminder, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Manwhore Podcast. Maybe this is your first time listening to the show. Don't forget to hit that follow button. And if uh, your podcast app of choice, if they allow ratings and or reviews, do leave us five stars, whatever the maximum amount of stars are. I don't know who you two star people who tune in every week are, but you're kind of weird. Um, but <laughs> leave a five star rating. If you're allowed to leave a review, write a few words. Another thing I don't plug or mention very often, but, uh, you know, if you've ever thought you wanted to treat me as something special, not a big fan of the Patreon thing, and uh, you want to treat me like I treat homeless people, where you're just like, you know, I'll buy you something, but I don't want to give you straight cash. I don't know what you're going to do with the cash. All right, fucker. Well, I got an Amazon wish list. You're always welcome to peruse and buy me things from. You can head on over to manhorpod.com slash thank you, or click the link in the show notes. Uh, the, the, the women lately, including Wallet Lady, they've just really all been reiterating that I need some mood lighting in my room as opposed to the um, all the above lights on or all the above lights off options that, uh, that I currently have available. So, you know, I, I could use your taste, could use a nice uh, maybe like a floor lamp, like a standing floor lamp or maybe some uh, some color gels, something to mix it up in here. Uh, it's time to start thinking about ManhorCon 2022. Uh, if you're not on my email list, go to manhorpod.com, sign up for the mailing list so you don't miss the announcement when it happens. Still figuring out if, uh, if I want to keep it here in New York City or if I want to bring this little bit of economy somewhere else. Join the Patreon, keep the lights on and the condoms on, and as always, at the end of uh, this long list of plugs... That only only the most loyal of you listen all the way through to. Hey, for you, I am I am harnessing some energy. I am manifesting. I am hoping for you that you and and those close to you stay slutty. It's the vibrator that has no equal. And now, Motor Bunny offers their thrusting sex machine, the Motor Bunny Buck. Enjoy a fan whore discount at manhorpod.com slash motorbunny or use promo code manhor at checkout.